churches, we see a lot of messages about feel good and whatnot, and you know you can't come to a Platte Valley Baptist Church and expect a feel good message all the time because some days you get your toes, your toes stepped on. But I want to talk about an issue tonight that people say plagues more Americans, more people in this world than any other issue. Kate rolled out of, over at the sound of the alarm, glanced at the clock, and wondered if she wanted to get up. Why bother, she asked. The house was silent. All three of her children had left for college over the past two days, and their absence hung heavily in the air. To make matters worse, the family dog had died a month ago, and even his friendly little wagging form had been removed from her life. She wandered into the kitchen where her husband, Hank, was reading the sports page. Hi, honey, she murmured. Hmm. Hank's eyes never left the paper. She poured herself a cup of coffee and sat down at the window, staring at the September garden. Hank stretched and groaned, got up and headed to the closet, grabbing his suit coat, he walked toward the front door. See you. The door slammed and Kate listened to the car starting and he backed out of the driveway. It sound faded into the cool morning air. How would she fill another empty day, she wondered. Kate dialed a couple friends on friends' phone numbers but reached only their answering machine. She turned on the TV, made her way around the channels and then flipped it off in frustration. I'll go to the mall, she decided aloud, smiling grimly at the bumper sticker reality. When the going gets tough, the tough go shopping. The mall was crowded. Kate was caught in the tide of last-minute back-to-school shoppers, yet the crowds made her feel lonelier than ever. She sat at a Starbucks sipping a latte, watching the people chattering and laughing and smiling at each other. Tears stung her eyes. She felt like the oldest shopper in the mall and the only one shopping alone. She fought off the idea that the world had somehow passed her by. When she got home, Kate began to look forward to Hank's return from work. She decided to fight off her depression by making his favorite meal, which she did. The sound of his car pulled in, pulling into the driveway gave her a surge of hope. Her solitary, her solitary confinement was now over. Unfortunately, although Hank seemed to enjoy dinner, he did so without comment. How was your day, honey? She inquired sweetly. Fine. Where's the TV guide? She handed it to him and studied it during dessert. While she cleaned up the kitchen, Hank turned on the first, on the first in a series of sitcoms he would watch for the next three hours. Kate had a choice. She could sit in, at his side and watch with him, or she could go into the den and spend the evening reading the new book she'd bought during her mall excursion. Either way, she would find no relief from the loneliness that seemed to follow her everywhere, dogging her steps like an unwelcome companion. Tonight we're going to discuss and try to understand one of the most dangerous problems in today's society. This is not some form of tyrannical monster or a wave of sin-driven heathens banging on our church's doors. This is an indescribably quiet, incredibly subtle, and inconceivably dangerous issue that plagues saved and unsaved people alike on a daily basis. This is one of the leading causes of suicide, depression, addiction, and heartbreak, and it is loneliness. One author once stated, loneliness is one of the most universal sources of human suffering. Suzanne Gordon in Lonely in America says that loneliness is an almost permanent condition for millions of Americans knowing no limits of class, race, or age. 
Tim Hansel said, loneliness is not the same as being alone. Loneliness is feeling alone no matter how many people are around you. It's a feeling of being disconnected, unplugged, left out, and isolated. You see, everyone at some point in some time goes through a period of loneliness which could last anywhere from a few minutes to a lifetime. Loneliness is considered, like I said, to be one of the leading causes of depression and suicide. It's a silent killer. You see, people in this room have struggled and or are struggling with it right now. If you were to define it, it would be this. It's the painful awareness that we lack meaningful contact with other people. The painful awareness that we lack meaningful contact with other people. It's an issue we see in the Bible many times, and we'll look at that, but sometimes one can be surrounded by human beings and activity and yet be lonely because they're not connected with any of them. A person can live in a large metropolitan area and not even know his neighbors by name. A person can attend a large church and yet not feel connected to anyone at that church. Loneliness is this feeling of inner emptiness that is accompanied by sadness, discouragement, and restlessness. It's an intense desire to be wanted and needed by someone. Lonely people feel left out, unwanted, rejected, even when they're surrounded by a crowd. Lonely people have a sense of worthlessness. Since nobody wants to be with me, I must not be worth much. Loneliness causes a person to try to find acceptance in something else. You can track most addictions to drugs, alcohol, pornography, etc. back to a feeling of loneliness. Because our world says, if I cannot find love in friends, family, or a partner, I will find it somewhere else. It's a problem plaguing our schools, a problem plaguing our relationships, it's a problem plaguing our homes. If a person cannot find the love and acceptance and self-worth from someone who's supposed to love them, they will find it from someone who doesn't or something. Now, there's a difference between loneliness and solitude. Solitude is a voluntary withdrawal from people. You see, Jesus did this, Mark 1.35, and in the morning rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there it's a time of refreshing rejuvenating it's enjoyable solitude can be started and terminated at will but loneliness comes when we are forced to be alone it's painful draining and unpleasant and it hangs on even when we do our best to cast it off what causes it many things one thing is social causes Things like technology, mobility, urbanization, television, and social media have skewed our point of view to what our life actually is. Government, businesses, and education have all become bigger and less personal. Relationships are more shallow and less needed. People have moved closer together, but there is a fear of strangers that leads to suspicion and withdrawal. Social media as a whole is a place where people's best is showcased. And so often a person will compare a person's best to their worst. How many of us get to that point? Someone put it this way. Stop comparing 
the failures in your life to someone else's highlight reel you see on Facebook. It won't do anything when you start comparing yourself. Because I can guarantee this, I could go through this room and every person in here has a problem in their life that they are not publicly sharing with anyone. And that's fine. But everyone suffers with this. Social causes, developmental causes. People weren't treated the way they were as kids and they now have a, a, an issue with attachment. Acceptance. Parents communicate acceptance to their children in various ways. And when these clues are missing, the child feels worthless and withdrawals. Low self-esteem then follows and loneliness after that. Some people might consider themselves social misfits. They have a difficult time with people. And the harder they try, the worse it seems to get. There's psychological causes, low self-esteem, an inability to communicate, a self-defeating attitude, hostility and fear causes us to become lonely as people. There's situational causes. These are things that are either impossible or difficult to change. Things like being single, living alone, grieving over a death or loss, being widowed, being elderly, being handicapped, or even being a leader causes us to feel alone. There's spiritual causes. You see, God created us for fellowship with him. This is the most important thing we're going to talk about tonight. God created each and every one of us to have a special personal relationship with him. And when we neglect that relationship, we can expect our temporal relationships to fall behind it. Someone in this room who has a who suffered a great loss posted, I'm not going to mention anything, but I do what they posted showcased where their relationship is. It was a focus on God and what God has done and is going to do despite the circumstances they are in. And that's where we need to be. It's a refocusing off our problems and on to God. You see, Augustine once wrote, Thou hast formed us for thyself, and our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. And sin will cause the Christian to feel lonely. David said it in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Isaiah 59.1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face. From you that he will not hear. You see, sin causes a separation. Sin causes us to no longer look to God like we should. Sin causes us to feel alone in our life. And what are the effects of this? How do we detect this? What are the symptoms? Well, there's an isolation from others. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling alone, the thing you need to do is not get farther away from someone. Frequent, futile attempts to reach out to others and then withdrawal will occur. 
You'll see a person struggling with their self-esteem, this general feeling of worthlessness, a failure in relationships, discouragement and self-centeredness, a woe-is-me attitude, hopelessness and despair with thoughts of suicide. Alcohol, drugs, pornography are often forms of escape from this reality of loneliness. And this lonely frustration leads to an anger which manifests itself in destructive behavior. How many of you know someone who's going through one of those things right now? I think of this girl who passed away at Rush just this last couple weeks. The result of bullying. Our kids have social media to guide them right now and That creates a sense of loneliness in their life. Moms and dads, grandparents, brothers and sisters, whatever it is, you need to take heart in what you have and look to the people you have because there's people around us struggling. But thankfully, God gives us a way to get through it. And that's where we're going to close out tonight is how do we defeat it? How do we we get through it? What What steps do we take to make sure we get better? Number one, you have to admit the problem. That's a hard one to do. I tell it to the kids in Quam and Junior Church. We know what sin is. But admitting we're the sinner is the hard part. Coming face to face with the ugly truth that is our lives is the hard part. But before you can get something right, you've got to confront that issue head on. Admit the problem. Realize that there are people everywhere, including in the Bible, that go through seasons of loneliness. Admit the problem. Analyze the causes. Look at what is causing this. Look at the causes we just looked at earlier Once the cause is determined, then you can deal with the root of the problem. This is important in any issue. You see, the lashing out of your child is not because their problem is they're an angry person. There's something causing them to do that. And you can punish the the fruit problem, but if you don't get to the root problem, nothing's going to change. Analyze the causes. This is a hard one. Accept the permanent. Accept the permanent. A handicap or the loss of a loved one cannot be changed. As much as we fight for it to be changed. The attitude of these things, however, can change. How do we do this? Well, we we need to get positive interest. We need to develop this sense of humor We need to appreciate the good things you still have in life. You're feeling alone right now. You need to develop a lifestyle of keeping in touch with people. Avoid relationships with others that develop into a life of inactivity. This is why social media is such a bad thing. This is why our live stream can be such a bad thing. And I love our live stream. I was live streaming before we had live stream. I used to FaceTime Tyler and he'd set me up in in the back of the church and I'd watch church that way when I was at school. But live streaming 
negates the personal relationships we should have here. And I'm grateful for it. We've seen thousands reach through it. And there are people today that can never step foot in church that are able to be here with us. But if you're using it as an excuse to avoid people, you need to get rid of that excuse. Work, play, activities, worship, etc. are all needed to stay in touch with other people. The big picture of God's plan for now and eternity will help get your mind off the temporary problems. When we start focusing on what God's going to do, instead of the blows that Satan got to land, we can see a lot more hope in the future. Accept the permanent. Alter the temporary. Alter the temporary. Some causes of loneliness cannot be changed as we've seen, but it's obvious that many situations can be altered. So take those steps. Get off social media. We don't do a whole lot of fasting, but we should fast from that one more often. Maybe take the next week or the next month. Maybe take the next year off. I'm going to focus on the here and now, the personal relationships. Watch less television. Spend more time with family. Start going to church more. Build personal relationships. Learn a new skill. Learn something new that gives you an in with new people. Learn skills in communication and relationship building. Start building confidence. Alter the temporary things that you can. And you know what they are. I preach this to myself before I preach it to you guys. I told... Uh, Missy, the other night, we were talking after Wednesday, and I said, I do my best work Saturday nights. Dad doesn't, I do. And last night, about 8, I sat down at my desk in my room, and I put on Christmas music, just for Wes. And I started looking at this, and started studying this out more, and for the next two hours, I identified multiple problems with myself. You see, we know the temporary things in our life that need to be fixed. Those triggers in our life that cause us to look at ourselves as being worthless. Those triggers in our life that cause us to look only on the bad things in life. Whether it's a person, whether it's something you watch, whether it's something you do. We know those things in our life. Now take steps to get rid of them. You might not need to just do a fast. You might need to delete social media. Get off it. Elon bought Twitter. You can delete it now. It's good. I mean, that's about it. Take steps to get rid of those things. The next one, advanced self-esteem. This is important. We talked about this a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night. Self-esteem is not the same as pride. Self-esteem is you looking at yourself and and itemizing what you are good at and what you aren't and focusing on what God has given you. Start looking at your strengths, your gifts, and your abilities. Romans 12, 3 and 6 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself 
more highly than he ought to think. That's pride. But to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given unto us. That's self-esteem. It's where we look at the pros and cons of our life and we, we look at our strengths and our weaknesses as a person and we, we put them in a list and we say, God, I'm going to focus on what I'm good at instead of what I'm not. It's, it's why we don't force everyone to be in children's ministry because there are some people that don't do well in children's ministry. Then there's others like Wendy and Heidi who are great with kids and I don't understand it and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. Let them draw on the marker boards or paint the walls. I don't care. But find something you're good at. You need to start seeing the dangers of comparing yourself to someone else. 2 Corinthians 10, 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. There are things I can do that someone else might not be very good at. But there's a lot of things I can't do that a lot of you are a lot better at. I joke with Wesley a lot. I'm terrible at basketball. I always have been. I played two minutes of one game when I was in junior high. I didn't make a rebound. It was the worst two minutes of my life. I've never found a love, a desire, or a, any. I mean, you want to torture me, make me play basketball. So I don't do it. It's not that I don't enjoy this. It's not that I don't, I couldn't get better at the sport. I don't want to put myself in a situation where I feel self-deprecation. See the danger of comparing yourselves to others and, and try to see that God sees every person as valuable. This is where we draw a line in our political realm. Because every person has value to God. There is new age mentality that says if you do not give anything to society, you are of no use to society. That is not what God says. You see, God says in Colossians 2 verse 10, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. No matter the situation you're in, no matter the things you've lost or the things that have happened to you, you realize that God considers you complete because you're living in him. Advance your self-esteem. Acknowledge Christ. Acknowledge Christ. God is a real person and his presence can be sensed. Put it this way. Sometimes it's good to remove our focus from ourselves and put it on the cross. Not saying that we don't have issues and we don't have things that are valid. But often when we start focusing on the negative, that's all we put into ourselves. And whatever you put into yourself is the only thing you can give back. Acknowledge who Christ is. What shall we say to these things then? If God be for us, who can be against us? 
For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and who shall separate us from the love of Christ? John 4, 13, 1 John 4, 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh sticketh closer than a brother. When you're feeling lonely, when you get to that point where you're sitting at home and you don't know what to do and you, you might be married, you might have kids, you might have people next to you and you just feel this sense of loneliness. God is there and wants to have fellowship with you. And lastly, attached with the people of God. Attach yourselves to the people of God. You see, one of the greatest ways to help people with loneliness is to get them into the local church and its activities. We have a common bond. We have a common Savior. You should be able to go to someone in your church and get help from them. And whether it it, it could just be being close to that person and talking with that person. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're not struggling with this, you think, I, I've got a handle on this. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Then there's probably someone God's going to bring in your life for you to help. Don't turn them away. Look for opportunities to help. So now we see what causes it. We see the effects. We see how to get through it. I was always told by Dr. Shetler, never leave a counseling session without two things, hope and a project. We've got hope. We're in Jesus Christ. We've got one another. We can rely on one another. So here's your homework, you could say. Get off technology. I need to do it. There's triggers in my life that are strictly caused by social media. I need to do it. Number two, get solitude with Christ. Not loneliness, like I said. Get alone with Christ. Talking to a lady in the church a few months ago, and she had some stuff happen with her family, and she was really struggling, and she told her husband, I'm going to the mountains. I'll be back on Wednesday. She was up there for two nights, three days. She's not in this room. She's probably watching my live stream knowing her, but she said, I took three days and was completely alone with Christ. She said, and he worked everything out. He said, issues with my kids, issues with my family, whatever it was, finance issues. I don't, I don't know what the specifics were, but she said, God worked it all out because I spent time alone with him. Get off technology, get alone with Christ. Exercise hospitality. How many of you are introverts? Raise your hand if you're more of an introvert. I I, I understand that. You can still be a hospitable person without, with being an introvert. How many of you are extroverts? Raise your hand. Talk to a brick wall? That's me. I've talked to brick walls. They're good. They don't talk back. But maybe a time to exercise hospitality. I was able to have lunch with a couple in the church today and went to their house and 
I left that feeling completely refreshed. Got to know this couple a lot more and got to understand a lot more about them. It might just be the fact that you're like, hey, let's go get coffee with someone. Hey, let's go just, our family took drives all the time and there was a lot of peace in there. Let's just go drive around for a bit. But exercise hospitality. And the last one is specific, but it's important. Help others privately, but not anonymously. Help others privately, but not anonymously. You know why? Because you're not looking for anyone else's praise in that. It might be going up to someone and putting your arm around them and just praying for you. Or stopping by someone and visiting them or shooting them a text even. There's some people in our church who are really struggling right now. We put James Garver's phone number up on on Facebook. Send Jimmy a text. The poor guy, when I saw him in the hospital, he was smiling. He smiles all the time. He was smiling and he, he was in good spirits. Send Dorothy a text. I know she'd really need that right now. But help others privately, but not anonymously. And to close, loneliness is an important issue. It will affect everyone at some point. We can help people by not just being there for them in proximity, but genuinely caring and helping them to overcome this issue. Let's abandon the shallow relationships with people that we have and strive to make meaningful contact with one another. And remember this, when you feel like you're drowning, look to the cross. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everything you've given to us, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us. God, we ask that you just help each and every one of us as we, every person in here deals with an issue. And you know them better than anyone else. I pray that they can find solidarity in your word and solitude in you. We love you, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.